Hey, welcome to the Resolve Podcast, episode number 18. I'm Carly Tizano, a New Year's resolution coach, obsessed with all things goal setting, personal development, coaching, and of course, resolutions. One of my biggest goals is to help you reach yours. I'm here to provide the tools, support, and inspiration you need to reach your goals this year and every year, and to feel supported every day along the way. Today, I have a very special guest that I'm very excited to be interviewing on the podcast. Jen Obermeyer is someone who I met way back when I was starting my business journey, my professional organizing business. She had a course that as soon as I came across it, I knew that's going to have all the tools that I need to start and launch and grow my business. And sure enough, it did. Um, And along the way, I've had the opportunity to work with Jen, to be interviewed on her podcast, to get to know her. And she has so much great advice and insight for anyone who's considering starting a business, whether online or off. There are so many great tools and tips here that she's going to share. So Jen Obermeyer is the founder of Pro Organizer Studio, a business and design resource for professional organizers. Her mission is to broaden the horizons of savvy businesswomen in the home organizing industry by instilling confidence and inspiring authenticity. To learn more, you can check out proorganizerstudio.com and check out hundreds of hours of free content on her top rated podcast. She has so much insight and information that she has put out there for free. Whether you want to start a home organizing business or something completely different, I think you're going to be completely inspired by Jen's story, by all that she's been able to accomplish, and by all the amazing things she is doing in the world. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy this interview with Jen just as much as I do. Jen, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. Carly, thank you so much for having me. So let's just start out. Have you share a little bit about your journey and everything that led you to where you are today? <laughs> okay. I'm trying to make the long story short, I come from a very entrepreneurial family. My dad has always worked for himself and he's still doing that going strong in his 70s. And so I like always had a thing about wanting to have the freedom and flexibility that I saw him have while I was growing up. So that seed got planted in me probably (laughs) since before I can remember. (laughs) So yeah, so fast forward into after college, I early on went into a business venture with my um, ex-husband. And from there, I think got more of the confidence about, okay, I know how to run a franchise. I can help other people run their businesses. I was an executive assistant running a business for someone while they're gone. I'm like, okay, I really think I could do this. So my first solo business venture was starting a professional organizing business. That was back in 2014. And a couple of years later, I continued that journey by helping other professional organizers with some of the business aspects of all that goes on behind the scenes, because that part's a lot more complicated than helping people with their closet Mm -hmm. and like knowing, okay, how do I do all this like adulting stuff? And how do I charge? And how do I keep up with invoices? And how do I to do the marketing and the back end and selling clients like that. That part is really scary and overwhelming for a lot of people. So what started is just almost like a side project, which was if, it's just, if this just helps one person, then it'll feel great, which it did. It became my a, a new full-time business venture. So that website and platform is called Pro Organizer Studio. And that really started as an idea of just, I wanted to help other organizers build their vision for what they wanted their business to be, because this is an interesting industry that has so many ways of being successful. I first thought, oh, I'll just help other people do their websites, but it became much more than that. But the word studio kind of alludes to designing what you wanted the business to be like. So yeah, so 
now today in 2021, Pro Organizer Studio is a full-fledged business and design and all kind of resources for professional organizers. And yeah, I'm proud of that. I'm proud of how that journey has evolved. So that's the in a nutshell version. Yeah. And you've done everything. You have a podcast now. You started out doing Facebook lives. And I remember when I first found you watching all of the replays of those on YouTube, just binge watching. (laughs) That's what I watched late at night (laughs) for uh, relaxing and entertainment and just so much education and knowledge that you had to share. And I know because I'm part of your inspired organizer community about the course and the membership and how you've gone in and now doing retreats. Um, It's just amazing to see how it's all evolved and led you to where you are today. And especially in the last couple of years, I remember back at the beginning of COVID, how you really supported our community of organizers and all the amazing things you did there. But you also went on and you did (laughs) all kinds of Facebook live videos, really educating people, helping them figure out what this transition was going to look like in their business. And I think you were really the best person to do that as your business kind of Mm. evolved and you learned all the things you had all the tools to help really everyone with online business at that time. Oh my gosh, Carly, it's an honor that you were a part of that audience. And it's an honor that, you know, feel it it definitely felt like a whirlwind to me. Mm -hmm. But the fact that it was helpful, like I said, even when I was sharing about online business tips, and not just for professional organizers, but for anybody who at the beginning of COVID needed to figure out like, how do I start putting content online? That was a goal, but now it's a necessity. I had that same mindset of, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to jump on Facebook live, which is what I do best. And if this just helps one person, it will be worth it. And if they Mm -hmm. share it with somebody else, great. Yeah. So that certainly was one way that I felt like I could be helpful at a time that was very uncertain. So (laughs) I appreciate you watching those too. You definitely were helpful to me. And I know just hundreds of other people. So COVID was one of those events that certainly some people saw coming. A lot of us did not. And it was the perfect transition point for a lot of people to either move a business that they had online or maybe take an idea that they'd had wiggling in the back of their mind and turn it into an online business. People weren't really opening in-person businesses at the beginning of COVID. How do people know that is the right next step when we don't have a COVID experience? How do they know Mm. when it's time to make that transition to something online or to start that online thing that they really think they might want to? Yeah, I can definitely answer from my point of view. When I had the idea for creating Pro Organizer Studio, which was a fully online business, it was a little bit back before it was cool. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's still cool. (laughs) It might not still be cool now, but... Yeah, it was definitely a a huge upsurge of interest in it when everybody was working from home anyway. But rewind back to 2014, 2015, I was the person who was like, okay, this is not going to work. Like I, I want to be able to work from anywhere. I want to be able to travel and not have somebody tell me how many vacation days I can take per year. I do think that the whole image of like somebody literally working on a laptop at the beach, like on the beach is a little bit too glamorized, but I love the concept of, yeah, like I can be on vacation and I can, I can take calls or I can work on people's websites or whatever it was I was thinking at that time. I just thought this has to be a way that would give me some more flexibility so that I could do all the things that I wanted to do. So mm-hmm. If you're hearing that desire in you, it probably sounds a lot like I don't want to be stuck to a certain place. I want to be able to work with clients that are not only solely in my location. Like maybe you live in a smaller city and this town just isn't big enough for you. That is what it feels like to have that 
realization that you can have a business that is completely online and that you can have friends and clients and colleagues all over the world. So if someone does fall into that camp, they are really resonating with what you're saying. Where do they start? What are the first steps? Here's the thing. Anyone who's thinking of starting an online business has surely been an audience or a client of someone who already has some type of Mm, online business, whether you have a favorite home decor blogger, or you follow like a certain coach on Instagram, like you have seen other people doing it. So if you have seen other people doing it, then you have some examples probably of the types of things that really resonate with you. Mm -hmm. And, and the thing that I think is really important and helps the whole process be less overwhelming is that you don't have to figure out like, all right, what do I know or have that a hundred thousand followers are going to be interested in? No, don't even start there. Start with what, if you were in your own shoes, just like even a couple of years ago or 10 years ago, it doesn't matter who is the type of person that you would have liked to come across online. What is the online course that you wish you would have had? And then look around and say, okay, is someone else already doing something similar? Because that's a good thing that shows that there is a market for it, Mm -hmm. but also not to be immediately intimidated by the fact that there might be a lot of other people out there who have a similar idea or product, but they may have a completely different personality, a completely different journey. They look completely different. People really resonate with a lot of different things. So I think you really have to figure out like how your own, how your own story is going to impact people who were just like you a few years ago before you made whatever transformation. It doesn't even have to be like something life-changing, like you lost a hundred pounds. It can be something as simple as I learned how to set a better habit in this one area. And I've been so consistent with it now for so many years that now I can see what a huge impact those small daily changes have made. And anything that you know, for sure that when you were out there looking or you were looking for a blog about X, Y, and Z, and you just never could find it. Like you could never find exactly the right kind of person or that it can resonate. Now you get the opportunity to be that person. So I think that's the place to start is to ask yourself, who would I have needed a few years ago? And how can I be that or create that community now? That's so many great intentional mindset shifts. Certainly one that I know a lot of people come up against is when they see someone else doing something they want to do, throwing up their hands and saying, oh, the market's saturated. Someone else is already doing that. I can't do it. And then the other one is, especially if you get into the blogs and the people who market to help you start an online business and they sell you the courses and the programs, you'll come up with a lot of people telling you to create your business plan and to come up with your 10-year plan. And what you're saying about (laughs) really not needing to do that, if anything, looking to your past, looking to what you already know and starting there, I think that's... We certainly know that stuff. So it's a much more secure place to start from. A hundred percent. And I think if you really want to, I would say this is a little bit of a, a hack, if you will, is if you can figure out something that you believe is important to you about why you have been able to be successful in this particular area. And maybe that thing that you believe is like slightly controversial or it's different than what everybody else is saying. And you're like, I know that I'm not the only one thinking it, Mm -hmm. but I'm willing to be the one person that says it. (laughs) You will find your people real fast because everybody will say when they start hearing your content rather and hearing whether that's audio, video, your blogs that you write, whatever, they're going to be like, oh, she gets it. This is my girl. And that was the interesting experience that I had that I didn't really know 
I didn't know that it was a hack. I just honestly was like, you know what? This is what I have experienced as my truth in my business and no one else is talking about this. And so that's why I felt like, again, going back to what I said, I was like, this just helps one person. Great. If everybody else hates me, not a big deal. They don't know me right now anyway. So it, it did help propel or get the momentum going forward and got me enough positive feedback about like, thank you so much for saying this, or you really cleared up something that it had been confusing for me for a long time. Like those types of feedback, once you get that, and once you find those people and they're like, talk more about this, or now I have this question, they're going to feed you those content ideas automatically. So you're not just sitting there. Okay. Going, what do I say next? What do I write next? What do I do next? It's going to, it's going to be a conversation. And so even though when you're thinking about starting an online business, if you're in that stage of you haven't even quite gotten there yet, what am I going to talk about? What am I going to ultimately sell? How am I going to help people? How am I going to transition my business online when nobody knows me? Like I've already been doing something in person and nobody knows me online. The thing is that you're not going to be alone or talking to yourself for very long before there will be people who talk back to you. Like mm -hmm. it's going to start to feel conversational and like a community faster than you expect. <laughs> Yeah. That's something that I actually really loved going back to watch your old videos on YouTube. I don't even know that they're up anymore, but since you were doing live videos as time went on and the video series progressed and you talked about your own experiences and a lot of things that you did unique and different from everyone else in the professional organizing industry. And you started to create these connections and relationships with people who at the time were just a little name in your chat box that you began to converse with. And some of those people still now in your community and oh, yeah. even they're my real, I, all my real friends came from those chat boxes. Yeah. And I'm <laughs> most of them I have never met, never had any personal connection with, but I can still see their name in our community and say, Oh yeah, yeah. I remember 10 yeah. years ago, almost when you were chatting with Jen about X, Y, Z thing. And it's just, it's so much fun to see that. Thank you. Yeah, no, I do keep those old videos. The old videos are up. I, okay. I did trans, I transitioned after, again, like I said, online business wasn't cool at that time. Facebook live was very new. And I did discover that I had a talent for talking at length that I had no idea I had <laughs> before. So it was like, okay, I had found my medium, but what really, what really helped was launching a podcast helps be able to plan plan content to have mm -hmm. guests. So we weren't dealing with like technical glitches by trying to have interviews on Facebook live. It was, it was challenging at the time. And so moving over to the podcast, now we publish podcast audio, like on your regular podcasting platforms, but also bring that in on the YouTube channel so people can mm. listen where they're used to already subscribing to you. So yeah. And maybe that's a question that you want to ask next about finding a medium that does work for you in order to start that conversation with people and start building those relationships. Yeah. I, I love that. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Okay. So I am very passionate about this because there's so many types of social media and online content that I do not enjoy creating or being a part. Of. So like I mentioned, having Facebook live the way that I committed at the start of the start of the online business and not, not really know, not really knowing how it would develop from there. But I've, but now that I have hindsight of it's 2020, like I, yeah. uh, every, like everything is, but I didn't know what was going to happen if, if I was said, okay, I'm going to do a Facebook live every Tuesday at 9 PM. But what, what began to grow out of that, like you said, are people who are starting to talk back to you and me realizing I don't really like writing blog content. I'm a verbal processor. I did not know that before I started online business. And so it's really funny for people to assume that I have a lot of public speaking experience because that's really not 
True. And so you, you will learn some things about yourself along the way in terms of what, how you best express yourself and how you enjoy doing it. Cause I think that's like a huge part of it is if you're not enjoying it, this is not going to be fun. Mm -hmm. Not going to be a fun way for you to, for you to continue to develop. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I guess I've been on in the space long enough that I know which platforms I like, which mediums I like, which, (laughs) which Mm -hmm. I most certainly don't. So is the best way for people to pull on what they already know about themselves and then guess and start there, or just to try everything? What would you suggest? Oh, that's a great question. I wouldn't say you have to try everything. I certainly tried a few different things. And podcasting, again, has become something that at that time wasn't wasn't as big of a thing, or at least I wasn't listening to very many podcasts. So I didn't have a lot of awareness about it. And I think it's important. What I think that most people don't realize is that you can create a lot of different types of content without having to reinvent the wheel every time. Mm -hmm. Let's say, for example, that you love writing and you're a great writer. So you can write an article or you can write a blog post and then you can hit record and literally read what you just wrote and record that as a podcast and publish it on YouTube or publish it on your podcast platform. And if you would rather die than do something that was on live video, you don't ever have to try that. But you can take you can take your thoughts the best way that you get them out and the best way that you are ultimately providing value to people because that is what it is about. And you can recreate that into a lot of different things. So they call that content repurposing. And that that concept, I will definitely say, I would say short of life-changing. Doing the whole online business, very life-changing, but realizing that I did not also have to then go and write from scratch when I have all of this audio content, like literally hundreds of hours of audio content that I can get transcribed and then clean that up and turn it into like a very readable blog post. So little tips like that have really freed me from the, you know, idea that I have to try everything or do everything. And I think too, that another thing to consider is not only what you are enjoying creating, whether that's writing, talking, doing a DIY video tutorial, Mm -hmm. if that's what suits your audience, is that you do have to think about what suits your audience. So if you're a home decor enthusiast, and that is your that's going to be your thing, then you'd have to ask, do I really need to write articles on LinkedIn? Probably not, because the Mm -hmm. people who I'm trying to reach are looking for stuff on Pinterest. So investing a little bit more in the visual side of your business is going to be more important than for someone who's giving business tips. So anywhere that you have video or a lot of picture content is going to be something that's important for that audience. So I think little things like that are are really helpful too, so that you're not thinking that you have to do all nine platforms, <laughs> but, and then, and, but then leave room for like surprises, obviously like TikTok didn't exist five or six years ago when I was starting an online business. And even in the past year, I know that it went from being something that quote unquote, only teenagers do to now grown women are like, these are my people. <laughs> I love the humor. I love the mm-hmm. like short, like funny stuff. And now you're finding what, when I say legitimate, I don't mean to make it sound like there are, are illegitimate business owners doing silly social media, but you have like serious business owners who take TikTok seriously mm-hmm. and they create like those short kind of fun pieces of content that aren't meant to necessarily give you the whole entire formula for success in a day, but it does help them build a connection with their audience that might not have ever considered before. Yeah. So that's the other thing about online business is that the apps and the technology and the trends are always changing. So it's fine to leave room for the unknown, I think. Yeah. I think some people find that scary, but (laughs) when you have an online business, 
it's okay to step back and to view it as fun instead. It's going to help you probably a lot in the long run to be willing to go with the flow. And maybe your favorite platform hasn't even been invented yet. That's so true. Okay. I love that thought. I love that thought. (laughs) You just shared so many great tips. Are there any other practical tips or mindset shifts that come to mind when you think about people who want to start an online business? Oh my gosh. I have so many that I don't even know where to start. But like I said, I did brain dump my entire knowledge base about online business last year during COVID. And I did it just through a free Facebook live series. I think this is, it was like my mental outlet at that time, right? When my kids' schools shut down and I was at home and I'm like, okay, like I really want to help people because a lot of people all of a sudden were like, oh, now I need to do something online. And I just thought, I want to simplify this for people because I knew that there would be a ton of people going like in Googling for the, like the first time, like how do I create an online course? Like how do I create an online coaching mm-hmm. program? How do I get serious about finally finding virtual clients? And I was just like, if I can just add some really practical knowledge so that people don't feel like they have to pay for an answer to everything because you don't. Mm-hmm. Basically everything is online for free, but it is very helpful when you are paying for content that really lays it out and keeps it really simple. But yeah, during the initial shutdown last year, I did a Facebook live series that does dive deep into a lot of tips and tricks and that I'm not continuing to add to it. It's just like my legacy COVID project. So that is still on Facebook. It's under Jen Kilborn Obermeyer vlog cast. And I just made up the word vlog cast because I was like, (laughs) it's like a video blog podcast and it's live. So people don't expect it to be super polished. They can have that back and forth conversation with me where they ask a lot of these questions. So all of that content is still there. And it's really good if you guys do want to get any more tips and tricks um, and and really dive into like the details. And I didn't want anybody to feel like they had to pay me or pay anyone to say, okay, how do I do this? Or what is it that I'm good at? I wanted people to feel like they had a clear vision of what they wanted to do before they started paying for a course about Mm -hmm. marketing online or a course about how to create courses. Of course, those are out there. Because I was like, I'm never going to be that person who wants to create another business about that. But I thought, yeah, if if anything from my experience can be helpful, I just wanted to share that. So I would say, yeah, like that almost is my number one tip is that you can get started for free. The University of YouTube is a real thing. Go onto YouTube and look for videos about your question because somebody has made it and that's, it's really good information and they're not charging for it. They make a few pennies off of YouTube ads, but they're on there teaching you for free. So start there before you feel like, Oh, this is so overwhelming and I need to pay thousands of dollars for courses about how to have an online business. I have reinvested a lot of money back into my business, but I did not at the beginning. I did not have money to buy Mm -hmm. a course about how to create. I learned from YouTube videos and got the ball rolling with that. And then I just would say, let yourself learn more about you and your audience and how you want your vision to develop over time before you invest money to ask somebody the question of, Hey, what should my vision be? Essentially, that's what you're asking when Mm -hmm. you're like, tell me what to do. Tell me how to do this. Tell me how successful I can be. I really think you'll get the most out of your, out of your process by figuring some of those things out by just doing it. And I know that's really scary, but that was what my experience was, is it just got on Facebook live and started talking, started the conversation, see who talks back. Yeah, that's so true. Those are so many great tips and they definitely should check out all of your videos. If anyone's considering starting an online business (laughs) and kind of the overarching tip that I pulled out of everything you said is when you come at your business 
or really your life in general, from a place of service and serving your people and talking about what you're passionate about, you really can't go wrong because you just showed up so consistently giving hundreds and hundreds of hours of free content, sharing your perspective and opinion and your insights and all that you've learned. And you have built such a strong community from that and reached so many people and helped them build the businesses that have really changed their life. And then in turn has helped change other people's lives. It's just so beautiful to see what you can do when you're acting from that position of caring about your people and wanting to be of service. Something that I tell myself all the time, especially if I'm having a hard day or trying to get through a blog post, I really am not in the mood to write is that it's not about me. It's about my Mm -hmm. people. And that's why I do it. And that always just instantly shifts my perspective and reminds me why I'm doing what I'm doing. And of course, the business that I have is the business that I want and I'm building a life that I love. And that's part of it too. But ultimately at the end of the day, I'm not doing it just for myself. I'm doing it for my people who are out there that I want to help. Absolutely. And that is really true. Pro Organizer Studio has been going strong for five years and it still is hard for me to wrap my head around like people who know me (laughs) that I don't know. (laughs) And for people to say, this has helped me in ways that you can't even understand. Because again, I never maybe even to a fault, never really felt like, again, I started in that place of the mental mindset was I want to be the person that I wish would have existed Mm -hmm. when I was out there Googling and piecing stuff together. But I also had that mindset of if this only helps one person, that'll be amazing. So the fact that it has helped more than one person is just like, what? It still is. I didn't go into it thinking, that this would be my full-time job or that Mm -hmm. it would even really make money. I just thought it'll be what it is and we'll just see how it goes. I think I've stayed focused on, like you said, like staying focused on what I can do to get better or improving what I offer or improving or learning the technical skills that I needed in order to do all this technical stuff, which I know is intimidating enough for a lot of people. So that for a while may be your journey, which is, I'm consistently able to log onto the websites and do what I need to do in order to share the content and in Mm -hmm. order to have a professional presence online. I certainly had some of those coming into it, but that has also been a major confidence booster that again, it gives you that momentum to just keep going. And like you said, on those days when it's hard and you don't necessarily feel like you're (laughs) super passionate about writing the post that was on your calendar that you scheduled for yourself. It's like, Hey, now that I have people who actually are listening and talking back, it's a lot easier to stay consistent with what you got to do. Yeah, that's so true. So since 2014, having an online business has become much more commonplace. It's something that it seems like everyone and their brother's dog is doing. So maybe it doesn't quite apply so much anymore, but I know that back in 2014, and even now as a coach, specifically with what I do, there are people, friends and family members who will come to me and they just don't understand. They don't get it. If some of them just don't understand how Facebook ads work and other people don't understand why you'd pay for coaching to begin with. So there are certainly those people out there who are your community and you're going to find them and connect with them. But what about the people who are not, and sometimes the ones who are closest to us who just don't get it? (laughs) You mean the people you can't hide from? Right. (laughs) First things first, I don't tell my business to anybody until things are up and going. And I'm just that kind of person. Like I did, I was doing, so my now husband, but then boyfriend, I was doing those Facebook live videos um, for Pro Organizer Studio for six weeks before I ever mentioned that I had anything going on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Like, Mm. I think he just thought he was dropping me off after dinner and I'll see you later. I'm like, okay, now I'm, I'm here. I'm ready to work. I'm ready to get this thing going. I don't know if, 
maybe I don't really have a really expert tip on this other than just saying, leaving the details as scant as possible. I feel like I, I feel strongly that usually people aren't like out to get you or pick you mm-hmm. apart. It just usually will be that they just don't have a frame of reference for it or they right. don't understand it. So the good thing though, though, is now is that because it is more common that you can say, Hey friends, you know how we love that person on Instagram who is the wellness coach and she shares all these tips and anything. I didn't want to tell you this, but I started my own thing like that. And she'll be like, Oh, cool. But if you can connect it with something they already know, then that's great. I don't think, for example, when I think back about it, that my parents like said, Hey, so I started this online course and more than one person signed up for it. Like it's actually making some money. And so I think that they were just sort of like, like impressed by that Mm. alone is, Oh, you had the commitment that went into this for months and months before saying anything about it. So whatever it is you got going on, like Mm -hmm. we're happy for you. Like, I don't really feel like they asked a lot of questions. That's funny because I'm the (laughs) same way. When I first started my blog years ago, I didn't tell anyone. And over the years, it's been so funny to have friends come to me and be like, so I found that you have a blog, like what's up with that? But I think you're so right. They, they don't have to understand most yeah. of the time. It's just because they don't have a frame of reference and that's okay. But if yeah. you can in some way, find a frame of reference that they do have and relate it back to that in some way, you can create that connection and understanding. But at the end of the day, if they don't get it, that's okay. Yeah. If it's what you want and it's what you're committed to, just keep going. And two, I think another easy way out is just to say, especially if you are, have already been in business or had some type of career where you've been working directly with other people, you can just say, now I figured out a way to have a website so that I can work with people virtually. And because mm-hmm. everybody's used to doing Zoom all the time now with working from home. And, and then if you say it like that, then they're just like, oh, now she's got clients that live half the world away. That's great. Yeah. It's exciting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting. I I just want to say that there is definitely something, and I have noticed this in myself more over the years because I've become much more aware of the conversations that I'm having in my head that don't ever happen outside is that you spend a lot more time planning how to respond to people's questions. They're going to ask me this and they're going to say, why didn't you do it this way? And then I'm sitting here defending myself against this imaginary person Mm -hmm. that has literally never manifested. So like why... I think that we probably are too self-conscious about explaining this transition in our career or how do I put this on my LinkedIn resume or what if it doesn't work out, then what will I say to people? Just try for a while, not even having those conversations in your head. And I guarantee you, you will feel less stressed and in all likelihood, there was never going to be somebody like interrogating you like that anyway. So we could do that to ourselves more than anything. Yeah, I think that's really true. And it's understandable that our friends and family and some strangers on the internet really aren't going to come up in arms at us. But I think an area (laughs) related where we feel like people might is other business owners or those people who we're talking about who are already doing what you want to do, who are maybe in your niche or just have a similar business. And especially for people who feel like the market is oversaturated, it can feel like there is a lot of competition. Mm -hmm. But something that I really appreciate you and how you've built our community, even though you have a community of organizers and everyone in the group is an organizer. And a lot of them are in the same area, the big cities. So in some sense, they're in competition, but it has never felt like that. There's so much collaboration and working together and sharing of ideas and sometimes sharing of clients, or I need help with this project, or this client is looking for this. And I know you do that best. That's your specialty. So how do people make that mental shift between I'm competing against these people who are out there and they're amazing. I want to collaborate with them or just build a community with them. That's such a, that is a really good question. Cause this has definitely been like a personal journey 
for me, where again, I was much more worried about things happening than that had ever happened. But I have a really great story about my friend, Laurie Palau is a, also a professional organizer, has been in the business about a million years longer than I have. She also has a podcast. She coaches other organizers for all intents and purposes. Let's just say I knew exactly who she was Mm. when I started out. And I knew that we have totally different personality types, totally different backgrounds, and we might be talking to totally different people. But if we've got a list of competitors, she's on it. And this still makes me laugh because um, I do feel like I have this special talent for figuring out a way to talk to somebody. Just get, I will come up with a reason to approach somebody or, or talk to them. But she at one point had written back to an email that I sent out to my list. And she said, can you please remove me from your marketing stuff? I just want to stay up to date with whatever you're doing. And I was like, instead of being offended by that, because again, I see the name and I'm like, oh my gosh, I write her back and just start a conversation. And I can't even remember what I said now, but we like got on the phone and now she is like, not only one of my best business friends, but I consider her a true inner circle friend in my Mm -hmm. life. And even though we work with the same audience of people, we approach things so differently. And even like the way that our programs are structured are so different and things that I do, she would never want to do things that she does. I would never want to do. So like we have enough of a, a different perspective on it that it doesn't feel like we're competitors. And so I think that and I could probably fill a whole podcast episode on this topic. I think that starting to realize that competitors are actually your, they're your allies, even if Mm -hmm. they never know it consciously, if you can understand that for yourself, if you didn't have competition, you'd have no frame of reference for this specific area that you want to go into even being successful online. So one, thank them for that. Two, look at what is missing from their content that you want to say and that you can say, and not that you're saying, oh, he's not telling you the (laughs) full truth. Let me tell you how it is. Not like you're saying it like that, but you're just going, oh, I just noticed that there's not really, there's a gap in the messaging and maybe this will really help help someone. So I don't at all like study competitors, like analyzing and looking for weaknesses, but I just have a general sense of what's out there so that I rest very easy knowing what is different about my business and about what I offer and about my personality versus those other people. And I don't know that I've ever worried much about the fact that I know that I'm not for everyone. So there will be some people who think that I'm not polished enough or they don't like my accent or whatever. And so they can (laughs) go to Laurie or any one of those (laughs) 20 other people. I just feel like there's enough for everyone out there. And why I feel like that is because as a person who, when I am really obsessed with something. I don't want to just hear it from one person. I Mm -hmm. want to hear it from multiple people and I will pay for the same type of course or coaching or something on the same topic from multiple people. Like Mm -hmm. I like to get it from multiple directions. And so that's why I feel like your competition, especially online is it is not at all like a zero sum game because like you said, do you only have one TV show that you've ever watched? No. And aren't we always looking for another good one? Yeah. There's enough for like good content. I feel like the market is never saturated. And then, and two, and when you're speaking about like local competition, where you're talking about professional organizers, for example, the hardest part is not getting clients. The hardest part is what you do when you're so overwhelmed with clients that you cannot physically do all of that work without having a few other friends who get it and that you're approaching your clientele the same way and that they're going to represent you well and hopefully return the favor. That's way more of a pro than it is a con to having competition that is close to you is having a team of people that in a pinch you can call on for help if you want to. 
Yeah. And going back to what we were just talking about, there is no one else who will ever understand you or your business or your decisions better than those people who are in a very similar position to you. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And so if you're thinking that your competitors, if you're like, say you're entering the online space for the first time and you feel like you're going into a topic or a, a niche that is full, <laughs> it's not ever really mm-hmm. full, but don't think at all about what those people are thinking about you because one, they're probably not noticing each and every time somebody starts a new Instagram account that has a sort of similar focus as them. But also if you start to be successful and they're going to look at you and be like, I know how challenging it is to really build an audience and create consistently great content. And so they probably are going to one, have some respect for that. And two, if they're smart, they're going to be like me and they'll find a reason to talk to you versus just ignoring you. Because at some point in the future, there's going to be a way that you guys can cross promote each other's content to help grow, do backlinks to each other's websites. And there's a lot of tangible direct Mm -hmm. benefits um, to having friends that do exactly pretty much what you do. If you have a client that comes along and they're great, but they're not a great fit for you, having someone else that you know who does really great work that would like that kind of person is going to be a win-win-win for everybody. And it just plants the seeds of generosity, I think, which is super important. Yeah. There's so many great resources out there between connecting with those other business owners, building relationships with them, building your own community, going to those free YouTube videos we talked about. Can you share a little bit about how you've continued to invest in yourself over the years of growing your business and also how you know when it's time to do that, when it's time to move from the free content to something Mm -hmm. paid or one-on-one or something like that? Oh, absolutely. Pretty quickly, once my business had some money coming in, I definitely did. I still, I'm still like this to this day. I'm like, if I have a problem, I'd rather pay to go directly to the answer. I don't want to read 16 blog posts about it mm-hmm. and get a book and try to figure it out myself and apply it myself. No, it's, I just know that I won't stay as committed to it. And I will honestly probably end up wasting my time. That's just me. And so I have invested in lots of courses over, over the course of my online business journey. And those have been about, gosh, all kinds of topics. Some of it is, okay, here's how you do Pinterest marketing. So some of it's very practical types of things. And then other ones are, oh my gosh, I have a long list. Facebook ads, that kind of thing. There's a lot of free content out there that is overwhelming, but I'd rather pay for someone to tell me the order of the steps to go. And so that I'm not trying to like, and I'm a fast reader, but I can't still totally take it all in and then know an order of a plan without, I'm just like, I want you to tell me. So I pay for it. I want people to pay me to tell them like, here's the fastest route. And so I do that frequently as well. So I do consider that a major investment in, into the business and has allowed me to help so many other people because I really feel like I know what I'm talking about when I didn't learn it from a free, a free blog post either. And then I would say the biggest investment that I made back into myself and the business in 2019, I was in a year long graduate level program for executive coaching which is the fanciest way of getting a business coaching, like official certification. So I felt like it's because of the coaching industry, there's not a lot of regulation or if at all, as far as anybody can be a coach. If you've done it, you can coach. If you haven't done it, you can coach. You can just, you can just be, you can hang your shingle out. And so it's easy to break into. It's easy to just 
fall right back out of it because you're not super committed. When I started Pro Organizer Studio, again, I didn't really think of myself as a coach because I don't know, I guess I had envisioned more about just like helping people with like branding and marketing. And so I didn't think Mm -hmm. of that as necessarily a coaching realm, but I was the one who was uneducated about what coaching really was. So even after I had been doing it for a few years and I'd been people pay me to, to talk and have conversations, I felt like it was time for... I felt like getting that level and doing that degree of commitment of a program um, is through the University of Texas would really raise up the professionalism um, of Pro Organizer Studio and what I was doing so that it wasn't just, hey, it's this girl who does Facebook Lives, like that it was like something much deeper and that I, I received a profound benefit from going through that program and from getting certified. And it wasn't even because like I wanted to necessarily start booking out every day, all day with coaching calls. It was just, I wanted to be able to say, here's the person who founded and has led this platform. And this is how serious I take my job. So yes, I would say if you, when you have the, feels good to make money in your business, whether you're at the beginning or middle or no matter where you are. But when you do have like, I feel there's no hard and fast rule for this. In fact, my podcast co-host and I, Melissa, Melissa and I did a whole podcast episode about the ways in which we differ in terms of how we view investing into our businesses. And we made it very clear. I will spend money and reinvest back into the business all day long. Melissa is much more measured and thoughtful and plans out things like that more than I do. And that's just, again, a, a personality style and maybe a risk-taking flair of mine. But if I, I believe strongly that betting on yourself and investing in yourself is not really a gamble. It's, I know that this is going to pay off because I know exactly how this is going to help me go faster or grow bigger or help more people or be better at what I do. Yeah. So that's, I guess that's not a hard and fast rule at all, but something to definitely keep in mind as you're starting to make money. Yeah, I totally agree. Something that I always say is investing in yourself always reaps infinite rewards. It's Mm -hmm. always going to come back over to you a hundredfold. And even more than that, when you have an online business, it's going to come back and benefit your clients, which is what it sounds like is the underlying reason behind so much of that is how you can show up for them and make sure you have the tools to support them in really the best way. Like we said, that's if you're doing it for them, like that's what it's all about anyway. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So I want to move on to the resolution round to talk a little bit about goals and goal setting and what you're currently working on. So let's start off with, do you set goals or resolutions and what is that process like for you? So I will say I used to be much more of a new year's resolutioner and goal person in general. And it's not that I don't still do that, but I would say that my process has changed So I know that I'm the kind of person that loves making a plan more than I Mm -hmm. like sticking to a plan. Mm. I rebel against myself. I rebel against employee. This is why I can't be employed by anybody but myself is because (laughs) I just, I don't like it. You can give me the best office in the whole building, but I'll be like, you're telling me I have to sit here for eight hours a day. I just don't, Mm -hmm. I don't like that kind of stuff. So rather than being super, super strict with myself, I feel like, and my goals have definitely evolved over time. And especially in the last year, COVID has changed me and my outlook on a lot of things and other changes that have happened in my personal life. And like with my kids over the last few years, it just made me realize, okay, I need a lot more bandwidth and not to be scheduling out every moment and every plan and every Mm -hmm. filling up my time to the max, because when things would happen that were unexpected, and a lot of those things are sometimes emotions, 
like, oh, I wasn't planning on feeling sad today, but now I feel sad. It's not even like some emergency event happens. It's mm-hmm. just like some like life just has its own ideas. And so I try to leave myself a lot more room for needing to be there for someone, be a friend or family or, and not saying, I'm sorry, but I made this plan back on January 1st and now it's March. And I simply cannot rearrange my schedule to suit that. Like that's just never been me. And that's why going super stringent about goals is not really my thing, but I will say that I am much more cognizant now of just forming habits. Mm-hmm. And if I know that I'm essentially working the process that's going to lead to my goal happening, then I'm not as worried about, okay, an end date of when I want that goal to essentially be done. I like, I would say anything about health is an easy metaphor. So if I just know that I'm on the list of foods that makes me feel good and I'm doing the things that are generally contributing to my health that are important to me and reminding myself how good it feels after I get done working out, then I'm not sitting there going, okay, not worried about like the actual number on a scale or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's while some things do definitely have deadlines. I just feel like in general, I've become much more of a habit focused person than a, Mm -hmm. than a goal. So I guess it's more of like a resolution resolution focused, but like all the time. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. That's part of what I love about resolutions is having the year, which gives you so Mm -hmm. many opportunities to check back in and assess. And so if you're not feeling great on March 1st, that's okay. You have 364 other days that you can try and you'll probably feel sad for a handful of those too. And that's okay. And I love hearing the different ways that people approach the goal setting process and really just working towards the things that they want, whatever form or structure that they use, I think is so fascinating and powerful. So what is a biggest goal or a resolution or a habit, I guess, that you have set and worked towards and really integrated into your life? I would say 2020 definitely brought to light a lot of things in my business and personal life that were not sustainable. There's something about all of a sudden being locked down in the house, like with your whole family and you can't go anywhere. And it becomes very obvious very quickly, like what things that I've been doing or not doing every day that now I can't do those things because the environment is now different. So I have been consciously working on being more present for my kids and for my family in Mm -hmm. the last year, and also being more responsive to the needs and desires of my community in my Mm -hmm. business. I gave you the example of when lockdown first happened, I was doing a Facebook live every single day. I was Mm -hmm. like, I'm not going to say it's going to be a certain time, but I'm just going to get on every single day and just talk about the topic that comes up. And like I said, hope this helps somebody. This is on the online business topics. But then eventually there was a day when I was like, okay, I think I'm just done. Like I Mm -hmm. had to be done because I, that was my initial reaction to things is usually to way overdo it. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? If I go back into the gym and I haven't been there in a while, I'm going to hurt myself because I'm going to do way too much. And then I'm going to be like, okay, I'm dead now. So I, after initially having that burst of energy at the beginning of COVID, I really had to retreat for Mm -hmm. myself and really determine what was workable and what with the needs of like my community were beyond just like what I was able to do and let that just marinate for a little while and not jump into some huge action and action plan of like, how am I going to do that? Like, how am I going to do this? I was just like, okay, what if I was not, you know, capable or available to 
be that person all the time, how would I still do those things? So I know I'm, I know I'm getting away from your original question, which is what is a goal or habit that I've really been working on, but I have had to consciously work on like having that burst of energy when I'm like, okay, I'm committing every single Mm -hmm. day of my life now to this new thing. And, and I would say, gosh, I'm proud. And I feel like I've been successful in that in the last year. One of the outcomes of that was like reprocessing and thinking about how to continue to grow the pro organizer studio platform. And Melissa Klug was kind of in my circle of online people. She had come to one of the retreats. So we had met in person and she has a very different background than I do in terms of how she came to professional organizing and how she approaches things. And so we first started talking about having her on as a regular co-host of the podcast. And then that eventually developed into her stepping into the program director for Pro Organizer Studio. And that allowed the business to be able to, <laughs> to create new offerings that people had been asking me for years, but I was like, yeah, I'm not really interested in doing that. I, I know I'm not the most qualified to teach people how to actually organize other people. I only ever want to talk about business, but Melissa is the perfect person for that. Mm-hmm. So that to me has been definitely a, a result or an outcome of what started with me realizing that I was spreading my energy way too thin. And mm-hmm. how was I going to fix this now before it became an emergency? Like I'm down for the count. And now nobody can do anything. Mm -hmm. My kids can't rely on me. My clients can't rely on me. It's okay. How can I start to be more responsive by not being the person who's, Oh, I'll do this. I'll do this. I'll do this. It actually lets me do more Mm -hmm. for everybody. Yeah. So is that kind of the biggest goal you think you're still working towards that lifestyle shift that certainly has dominated the last year in business, bringing her like on as a face of the business because people know me. I don't think that they're necessarily attached to only me all the time, but introducing her to people and and her being on the podcast and being a leader in the content and really letting her do her thing. Because like I said, there are ways that she is way more qualified than I am. And this is going back to another perfect example about collaboration versus competition. Mm -hmm. Melissa's extremely high up in the KonMari professional organizer community. She's a master level KonMari consultant, but she is the type of person who was like, I'm never going to go and start my own version of pro organizer studio. But we had just had these natural, very organic conversations about where we both wanted our lives and businesses to go. And I saw there was this potential overlap of, I would love for you to be that person who can come and create some of this content that people have been asking. I have always had somewhat of a team, but there wasn't ever anybody else who was coming along and saying, I'm going to have them instruct you instead of me. So once we saw that that was going to be a huge benefit to both of us, I was just like, oh, thank goodness that, and, and in this case, you know, Melissa was one of my retreat attendees, but really she reached out to me during COVID and was one of the people that's like, Hey, how are you really doing? And I think having friends in the business and in the same line of work as you is just so valuable because now she and I, a year later are both so much more at peace and very solid, not just with pro organizer studio, but where both of us see our careers going. And I've been able to take more of a step back and let her lead so that I can have more of that 
bandwidth that I needed to be able to do some very much needed self-care because like I said, I tend to jump in like the deep end of everything and then like figure things out later. And that's my style. I regret nothing, but the years of entrepreneurship definitely had led to some like neglect of just my health and the quality time with my kids and husband and all those things. And so like that, it was time for that for me. And Melissa's children are a little bit older than mine. And so she was like, this is her time that she wanted to hone in more on taking on more responsibility. Mm -hmm. So it all, it was all great timing. And yeah, that's been the biggest win for not just for me, for her uh, and for our audience too, over the last year. Yeah. I love hearing that undercurrent of self-reflection and self-awareness that you have under all of those decisions and all the pieces of the process. Yeah. So every week on the podcast, um, I encourage listeners to resolve to consider something or experiment or take some action. So what would you encourage the listeners to resolve to do? Oh, when you start this journey of entrepreneurship, whether it's online business or anything else, when you're, when you start out in being your own boss and figuring out how to make money without an employer telling you what to do, you start out just working on those logistics. And then you find out like, oh, I've just enrolled in like the biggest self-development journey of my lifetime. Mm -hmm. Because then you find out that it's really so much more about mindset and breaking through limiting beliefs. And all of that sounds so woo-woo at the beginning. And I even consider myself like a medium woo-woo person when I started. But now I honestly, I feel like that's the entire game Mm -hmm. because there are how-to blogs, videos about literally everything you want to do in your business, applying it and becoming the type of person who's consistent and who doesn't just sabotage yourself constantly is 99% of entrepreneurship. And life. So yeah, life. Yes. But yeah, we start out thinking, oh, it's just about making start it like my income goal for this month. Like you start out with something that's very out there. And then you, after a while, start to realize, oh my gosh, it's my self-talk that is literally driving this whole entire bus. So when I, when you ask me what is the most important thing like to resolve to do, I can't say that I have any great advice beyond just start listening more because Mm -hmm. I think everyone has the potential to grow in this area, no matter where you're at is listen more to the thoughts that you are thinking and the conversations that you're having with another person, with yourself. Cause all of a sudden after a while, you'll be like, wow, I spend a ton of time preparing myself for challenges that are not even happening. Like you just suddenly start to realize you're like, wow, why I'm spending so much mental energy on this. What if I gave even 1% of the mental energy that I'm spending on this, maybe not super productive thought pattern and just gave that energy to something that I know that I do really well. I feel like just hearing yourself and realizing that you can listen without engaging back. And now I know I'm starting to sound like a real crazy person, but you feel finally it's, oh, you've got to know when they say know yourself, you're like, you actually literally have to listen to the person who's in your head talking all the time. And then what you do with that information can vary from person to person, whether you start journaling about it or start doing anything about it. It's just that it's just so helpful to know that there are beliefs and thoughts that either help you or or hurt you. And just any awareness of that, that you can grow in is vital. Yeah, that's so true. So I want to move on to just some confetti questions there for fun to help us get to know you just a little bit better and wrap everything up. So what time do you get up? Now that my kids are back in school for the school year, 630. 
Okay. <laughs> when yep. do you do your best work? Such a good question. I feel like it changes every day. I'm definitely a morning person. Once I'm drinking coffee, I can't, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be mid morning for sure. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. What is the best piece of advice you've been given? Oh my gosh, man. There's been so many good ones. I will say when it comes to the online business journey, that since that's really a theme of this conversation is there was a person, there was a, a very helpful free YouTube personality who at that time was sharing a lot about creating courses. And she said, if you can write eight blog posts, you can create a course with eight modules. Mm. And every single time I thought this idea is dumb and I want to give up because nobody's really going to pay for this. I realized because I just didn't want to finish it. And I was like, okay, if I just can finish this, like, if I can write a blog post, I can write a module. Anything that like breaks something down into like parts, that's always going to be good advice because I feel like constantly our problem is that we keep looking at the whole thing. That's true. Thinking, how am I going to ever do this? So yeah, like that, that one was really helpful in the online business world, but in man, I've gotten so much good advice in life. It's hard to pick. That's that's a great one. I love that one. Yeah. What do you do to rest? I like to read. Yeah, me too. So <laughs> I'm with I'm you like, on that. Yeah. If I get a few hours of alone time, I guarantee you I'm going to be on the couch reading. I download books like candy onto my mm-hmm. phone, my Kindle, and I just I just read. Yeah. What's your favorite beverage? Daytime, lemon cheller LaCroix. <laughs> Nighttime, <laughs> Sauvignon Blanc. Mm, perfect. What's your favorite TV show? Ooh. Oh my gosh. I got to say one of my all-time favorites is Arrested Development. I feel like the writing and the humor in that show was so good, but I watched it probably about 10 years ago. I wonder if it has stood the test of time. <laughs> have to rewatch it, find out. <laughs> I know, I will. What book has had the greatest impact on your life? Oh, all right. Now that is definitely too hard of a question to answer. So I'm going to say in the last year, a book that has really so hard to pick. I was lucky that I had a mom who was like into all the self-help stuff, <laughs> like woo-woo stuff. So I literally grew up with like bookshelves full of things that, so it's hard to say that any one of those books was the best or most impactful yeah. because I feel like each one leads to another. It's like mm-hmm. I'm always on this journey of sometimes I'm super into super like personality types, into business books, into relationship books. I'm always trying to read something that's practical. But in the last year, a book that has been very impactful is called Psycho Cybernetics. And it Mm. sounds very weirdo, but it is about mindset and it's about beliefs, but it's more importantly, it's about identity. And I think one of the most important things, and this ties back, whether we're talking about business or anything else, is that the concept that the identity that you take on really does so much of the heavy lifting of like habits and behaviors and being consistent with things. Sometimes we spend so much time like, like willpowering ourselves like over here. Whereas if you are taking on the identity of like, I'm a successful online business owner and really internalizing that, mm-hmm. then you just sort of show up to everything differently and you stop yeah. overanalyzing things and you stop beating yourself up about not knowing better. It's just, no, like I'm on a journey and I'm always improving. They're yeah. just those little things. Like really, I feel like it's the simplest way to cut through, not to say it's easy to do, but that book is very fascinating. It was written by a guy who is a plastic surgeon and he noticed about how the outer environment affects how you perceive yourself and then vice versa. And and I just found it completely fascinating. And it made me really want to dig deeper and peel back the onions in my brain and find out what's Mm. going on in there. I'll have to read it. What book are you currently reading? 
Oh, good question. So I usually have four or five things open on Kindle. I am currently reading a book called The Physics of Miracles. Mm. And it is so good. It is so good. Again, it sounds fascinating. I like stuff that it hits that angle of woo woo, but it like brings in science. And I just think anything like that is fascinating. That is, that sounds super interesting too. What is a win that you're currently celebrating that we can toast with you? My kids just got back. They spend the summer in Maine with their father and stepmom and had a great time. And I really, this summer, slightly less stressful than like 2020 when they were up there for the first year. Mm-hmm. And this year I just said, you know what, I'm going to have a mom summer vacation and I'm not going to, I'm going to get really good at not stressing out about things so that when they come home, they'll be like, wow, <laughs> she's so Zen now. And truthfully, like in the last week, I feel like I've still, and, and it goes right to that identity thing. It's I still feel like I'm that same person mm. and then I'm not faking it. It's I really worked this summer on not being the type A stress about everything person. Mm-hmm. And I think it's benefiting us because they seem pretty happy and so far so good. So that, that again, like I said, anything where I'm doing less rather than overreacting is a huge win for me. Right. So thank you for toasting me with, toasting with <laughs> yes, me on we that toast one. with you. <laughs> so where can people go to find more information about you and your work and all the things that you're doing? Thank you so much, Carly. So Pro Organizer Studio is the professional organizers chock full resource about all kinds of things. We have a YouTube channel, podcast, blog content, if you like reading rather than listening. But I love, like I said, I rely so much on the team of people who help things happen behind the scenes. And Melissa is now a a podcast co-host with me. So you can find out about her there too. And like I said, she's the program director for everything that we offer at Pro Organizer Studio. And Inspired Organizer is the name of our course for professional organizers who want to get a handle on the whole business. And then beyond that, for Pro Organizer Studio, we have social media all over the place. I don't manage personally. That's not my (laughs) strong suit. So Facebook, Instagram, that kind of thing. And then like we mentioned earlier, I do have a Facebook live archive series out there from last year. And you can just get on Facebook and search for the Jen Obermeyer vlog cast. And that'll come up. And that has just an assortment of yeah. everything about online business. Mm-hmm. So it's, if you treat it like a course, it's like a free course on <laughs> yeah. everything that I know. I yeah. That. yeah, it'll get you started for sure. Right. If you comment there on that Facebook page, I will personally respond to that one. So if you want to okay. get in touch with me, let's do it that way. Perfect. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast today, Jen. It has been so fun to hear from you and to learn from you. um, And you just had so much great insight to share. Thanks, Carly. I'm so excited for your new podcast. And I greatly appreciate getting to be one of your first guests. It is such an honor. And there you have it. That's a wrap on my interview with Jen Obermeyer. I hope that you were able to find some takeaways from that interview, whether you're going to be starting your own business or not. I have learned so much from Jen over the years, personally, professionally, and I'm so excited that I could bring all of it together in this format for you guys to hear, maybe find out about her for the first time, and definitely check her out, especially if you're someone who wants to start an online business. Be sure to check out all of the resources that Jen shared about in this episode. I am so inspired by Jen. I have been since day one when I found out about her and her program, and I continue to be. I just so appreciate every interaction with her. I'm so grateful for all that I have learned from her over the years, all that I continue to learn, especially if you have entered this new year 
wanting to start an online business, or really if you want to start an online business at any time, I hope that this interview will be the perfect place for you to start. I truly believe that it is. I believe that you could take all of the information that she shared here, follow it to all of the resources, and really have everything that you need to get started and to grow your business if you have already started one. So I hope that you enjoyed this interview with Jen just as much as I did, that whether you have a business or not, you were able to take away some nuggets for your own life, that you will be able to listen and understand yourself in a new way and that you'll be able to take these tools and resources and reach your goals, whether they involve starting a business or not. Thanks for tuning into the Resolve podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Carly Tizano. I would love to connect with you. Don't forget to rate and review. It really helps other people find the show and subscribe if you haven't already so that you don't miss another great episode next week. For the show notes or additional support in reaching your goals, check out carlytizano.com. Until next time, here's to all that lies ahead.